0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Cale Danvers, prodigal child of the Milky Way.
0: Nick Fury, my favorite one-eyed man of intrigue.
1: How goes it out there? You
0: know, cold, no air, space.
2: Captain Marvel, the Annihilator. You took everything from me, and now I'm returning the favor.
0: hours so we switch places whenever we use them strong theory you can absorb light i can see it and kamala who's kamala hi she can turn light into physical matter which i have never heard of i could totally show you no Planet, we call home. I would never choose to bring anybody into this. You are not the only thing standing between this and the universe. <laughs> oh my god, we're a team! Higher, into- no. further, faster.
1: get started three two hey there listeners and welcome back it's a great time to be a superhero fan for some people for others it's like more superhero movies and folks we are going to talk about the marvels tonight it's going to be an interesting one and we have a great crew to talk all about it of course let's say welcome back to the show ashley paul's
3: Hello, it feels like it's been forever since I've been on to talk about movies with you guys, so I'm really excited to dive back into it tonight.
1: Folks, um, Ashley's fighting a little bit of a cold. She's not going through puberty again. I know,
3: thankfully. I don't know if I could do that a second time.
1: (laughs) But it's great to have you here, and it's going to be interesting to hear what everybody thought about this one. And out of the airlock, J.D. himself is here. Welcome, J.D. Hello. Good to see you, my friend.
4: Uh, How's it going?
1: Good, good. Um, Long time no see, and hopefully things are going well, my friend.
4: Uh, Pretty well, pretty well. So
1: That's good. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the man of howdy. Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. All right, kids. This is going to be an interesting one to do. Uh, of course, we will be spoiling it. So, folks, if you have not seen it yet, you have been warned. You know, we are going to be talking all about this one. And we might as well jump in with both feet. Mr. Mike, take it away.
2: Well, to be fair, we're not going to spoil it right away. So if you want to get our initial thoughts on it, we're going we're gonna to tell you what we thought of it a little bit without going into spoilers, and then we'll get really deep. So trying something new this week. So we'll see how that... We're trying, to
1: be, we're trying to be mature? No. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't work on this but
2: show. But before we get into spoilers and whatnot, we like to start with the box office. And, you know, I think this is the 32nd Marvel
1: movie?
2: 33rd. 33rd Marvel movie. And unfortunately, it is the 33rd, like, least uh, box office weekend that they've ever had. Um, so it is at the bottom. The tail end all other Marvel movies have grossed more in their opening weekend than this movie has. Uh, It wasn't even, didn't even hit 50 million in the United States and Canada and in other countries uh, you know, it was only about like a little over 60 million. So it was really, really weak opening. Lots, lots, lots of reasons for that. Um, You could, I mean, I know that there's been all sorts of discussions about the state of the MCU right now, the state of Disney, so things are are in a little bit of chaos right now, as far as that goes. uh Ashley, you did a wonderful piece on on your thoughts about about the m c u the state of the m c u right now. Any thoughts just right out of the gate as far as the box office goes and how this people are responding to this movie?
3: Yeah. um, I will say two things. I was sad to see it um, not do as well as projected, but I wasn't necessarily surprised. And like you said, I think there's a variety of factors playing into this. One of the major ones I think is that there are two characters leading this who are primarily Disney plus show characters. And I mean, these are wonderful characters, Ms. Marvel and Captain Monica Rambeau. I mean, great characters love both of the Disney plus series they were in, but I don't know that you can necessarily say general audiences are all caught up on these TV shows. So if you're just like a general fan who goes to see the general Marvel movies like Guardians, Thor, The Avengers, you see a trailer and you're not really sure who these characters are and what the context is. So even though they're wonderful characters and great stories – you're not necessarily familiar with this. And then I think also some of the more recent Marvel movies like Ant-Man Quantumania, whether you loved it, hated it, fell somewhere in between the buzz for that was definitely mixed. So I think some of that lukewarm buzz was definitely playing into the reception of this movie also. And then as we've talked about many times streaming, People may have seen the trailer and been like, oh, yeah, maybe I need to catch up on those Disney Plus shows, but I'll do that over the holidays, and then I'll just watch the movie on Disney Plus afterwards. So I think a combination of all those factors are what played into the less-than-hoped-for box office take.
2: Yeah. J.D., any thoughts on the the lack of the box
4: office excitement for this one? Well, it may also have had something to do with the actor strike, which just ended last week. And so – There was no time for anybody from this movie to get out there and do any sort of press for it. So all we had to go on was the trailers and the internet buzz, which is always a mixed bag between people who like stuff and people who hate everything. So (laughs) I don't – I think this is the first Marvel movie that was released with no press at all because – Of the strikes, like everything else, Marvel that came out before was happened before. So there was marketing and TV appearances, and like a um, what do you call it? The premiere when everybody in Hollywood goes to these big things. There was none. There
1: was there was no red carpet for this one.
4: So now the next Marvel thing will have it. This is just the unfortunate one that got that while I was happy it's released now and didn't get pushed back, it's also the only one that suffered from, um, there was no possibility of really grabbing any sort of extra attention for it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good point. Good point. Mike, any other thoughts on, on the lack of box office?
1: Well, there's a lot of things. It was very interesting because, This is the first time in recent, you know, recent memory that I can think of that actually they had, you know, the, the critics were like at 60%. And the audience score was almost, was like, it had gone up almost to 90% at one point. And it was just interesting how a big of a difference it is. And I'm seeing people all the way across the board. You know, on Facebook, the haters, the, you know, and is, is it, you know, male machoism, you know, going, oh, I don't want to see a movie that's full of, you know, women and stuff and as superheroes as the leads, you know, and, you know, or is it, you know, just superhero fatigue? It's going to be real interesting to see with this because, you know, slowly but surely people are starting to lose interest and, You know, look at what happened with The Flash. Look at what happened with Blue Beetle. Look, now we have Marvels and such. It's just real interesting. I think even, what was it, Henry Hanks, a friend of ours on Facebook, even posted that it's interesting that the biggest Disney earning movie this year is now, uh, was put together by the guy who's running DC. So it's kind of (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's
1: interesting with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, this had, like, the buzz on this movie was unfortunately terrible. Um, Lots of behind-the-scenes stuff that was, like, leaked out or whatever that did not excite a lot of people. The trailers, I think, were pretty weak overall. They were inconsistent with how they were depicting what kind of movie this was. And there was no, um, and there was the usual, you know, unfortunate toxicity of the male, you know, like, oh, that's just a female movie that's too woke etc cetera, etc cetera. blee larson blah 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 you know like that's that pocket unfortunately is out there and to jd's point there was no there was no like big press things you know like to have like the three leads Uh, to have Brie and to have Tonya Paris and Iman like on a talk show to get on doing talk shows together or getting word out there to sort of balance that out, to get people excited about, about going to see this. So there's no balance there. Um, And uh, you know, I think there's, unfortunately it did have uh, a a sort of a a weak um, opening, I think because of all those factors. Now, is it weak because the movie's weak? We'll get into that. Um, because I'm really curious to see what you guys thought about the movie as it as as it stands, now that you've seen it. Um JD, we'll start with you. And this is gonna we're gonna try to keep this non spoiler. Um, what were your expe- what were your personal expectations for this and were you satisfied overall coming out of it?
4: My personal expectations were high because oh. I happen to like all of these characters. I adore the first Captain Marvel movie. It is in my top 5 of the MCU. I have seen it many, many, many times. It's a frequent rewatch for me. And all the shows and all the everything that the characters spun out of Ms. Marvel, WandaVision, um Shang-Chi when Captain Marvel showed up. I've been following all these characters anyways, so this was this was all that coming together. So my expectations were high, and they were met. I saw this movie twice. That's oh, nice. the theater. I do not remember the last time I went to see a movie twice. <laughs> that wasn't the Star Wars movie.
1: So you were the reason the, the bump in the box office. Got
2: it. <laughs> so you did. You did all you could to help out the box office this weekend. I did. Um, <laughs> so uh, so solid entry, uh, Ashley. What about you? What 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 your thoughts going in?
3: Yeah, and also, pardon my uh, flerken in the background there. Who's, who's <laughs> look out, naming... look out. No, no, if I disappear in a <laughs> haze of tentacles, you'll you'll know what happened. But, um, yeah, so I was looking forward to this movie. <laughs> um, I really liked Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I thought she was great casting. The particular the film wasn't necessarily my favorite in the MCU, but I really liked her as the character, so I wanted to see her again. Good to see that character pop up again in the infinity war Endgame, game and continue to be a part of the mcu and then i fell absolutely in love with the disney plus show ms marvel i thought it was so fun it was cool to see a young character and she just had so much energy great performance and so i was really excited to get to see her make the jump to the big screen and of course a flurkin, uh, everyone's favorite flurkin goose and the promise of more flurkins as the as the trailers teased us and i came away really enjoying the movie it was a really fun time i really liked it if i didn't have a terrible sore throat that makes me feel like i'm dying every time i laugh i would have chuckled throughout the movie but i i was chuckling inside and Just left with a smile on my face. Another thing I really appreciated is that it has a relatively streamlined runtime. There's nothing wrong with two and a half, three hour blockbusters, but it's also nice to just have some shorter movies. It didn't feel rushed, but it also didn't feel bloated. It felt like it did a good job telling the story in the time that it had. The interactions between the characters were great. I would love to see those three teaming up again and overall i i really enjoyed it i would encourage people if you gave it a pass because you're you weren't familiar with the characters like it's well worth catching up on wandavision and ms marvel on disney plus so that you can go see this movie and i do encourage you to go see it in theaters because voting with our wallets is how we can tell hollywood the type of movies we'd like to see and i really would like to see these characters in the MCU, especially as this time of upheaval is coming, I wouldn't want them to get lost in the shuffle because I really would like to see them all again.
2: Awesome. Mike, what about you? What was your experience like?
1: Well my experience, I loved the original Captain Marvel movie. I thought it was really well done. And I like how they slowly were starting to introduce the other characters. Um you got Photon, her origin in WandaVision, which was really awesome to see and i liked how you know they carried the same the character off that she was the little girl from captain marvel and her her mom was and then um when they did ms marvel i think truthfully ms marvel is my second favorite disney tv show you know loki you know still is like light years ahead of that but ms marvel was was good she was a likable character she was relatable and i liked that she could be a role model for young girls and everything and so seeing that they were combining the characters into the marvels because they at the end of ms marvel you know literally carol danvers transported into camilla's room and you know that set up the movie right there and i'm very i was very curious going into this movie what i was going to think about it the trailers looked interesting they looked a little goofy fun but you know goof, there's nothing wrong with being goofy or fun and you know how we have a podcast on the network called board silly come on you know how bad can it be like that so going into the theater i was a little concerned because of the reviews from the critics but then seeing what everyone was saying on Rotten Tomatoes, and then what every the, the people I respected were saying on Facebook, and that's what made it more plausible for me going in. And my big rating always when going to see a movie is do I look pick up the phone to see what time it is, how much longer? Phone didn't move for this one, and that was a big meter for me. It was enjoyable. The running time was great. Um, the characters evolved, all three of them, in this movie, which was nice to see. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a sci-fi superhero movie, yes, but it wasn't something that, you know, was like, oh my God, it's so out there, it's going to take forever for them to figure this out. They wrapped it up nicely with a bow. So it was, it was interesting. I walked out of that theater satisfied.
2: Nice. Nice. I, uh, same here. I was, uh, I thought it was a solid entry in the MCU. I thought, um, you know, they, they, it seems like since, since Endgame, the Marvel uh, MCU movies have been pretty much like that, that sort of like humorous action adventure. Um, sometimes they get a little too silly. Sometimes they, you know, sometimes they're handled a little bit better than others. But there's that that sort of tone that they've sort of maintained. Um, there's not a lot of, like, prior to Endgame or whatever, there was a lot of changing of, like, they were doing different genres. It's like, oh, this one's more like a horror movie, or this one's more like this. But since Endgame, pretty much most of them have been sort of like, dare I say, tongue-in-cheek uh, adventure stories, which I think this one really does really well. Um, and it moves like you guys said. It moves really fast. It's a it's a it's not bloated. Um, the, my particular takeaway is that the three leads are absolutely amazing, and they have great chemistry. And you wouldn't think they would, but yet they work so well together. And every time any one of them or any combination of them are on screen, I think it it just is captivating. Uh, I will say that the downside of the movie to me. Much like a lot of other Marvel movies, and we'll go into details much more in spoilers, but it's just the villains, just kind of standard. Um, I think they could have done a little bit more doing uh, doing a little bit more work with the, not to not to complain about the actress. I think she was fine, but you know, if you're going to have a, a villain co up against three powerhouses. That villain needs to be really substantial. Um, uh, so I think you know that 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 was a weak part of it, but that's been a trademark of Marvel movies almost since day one. So but one so, of
1: the other things that they did, you know, was a trademark of the Marvel movies. They killed off the supervillain Well, That's a
2: spoiler. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's that's everywhere a, out that's there, a
2: spoiler right? you did you did predict that you would be the first one to do a spoiler in the non-spoiler section so there you go okay. <laughs> before we go into the spoilers since mike's jumping at the bit to do that um is there any other comments either one of you guys want to make that are non-spoiler
4: related was sort of eh, insubstantial but that's been so much a part of the MCU in general that you just you
2: don't even notice anymore right? I don't
4: I don't (laughs) I don't give it a single thought when the villain comes off as just chewing scenery like Christopher Eccleston did all the way back to Dark World. There's been very few villains since him that have mattered in the grand scheme of things. So this this villain, again I'm not a character I know from the comics. Don't know if she's in the comics. But the actress did a fine job with a part that didn't matter, anyways.
2: Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's 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 detrimental to the movie itself. I'm not saying don't go to the movies, don't go see this movie because the villain is just a waste. The villain like is it's there, she's there, you know. But um, but I I, I will say that uh, you know I, I think they that's where they still need some work. But in in that respect, it was a Standard, well done MCU Marvel movie. Um And I see, I think some people like, uh should see it in the theater. I think it's a big epic movie that looks great. I know that some people saw it in IMAX and they said it was great to see that way. Oh, did you see it in IMAX, Ashley?
3: Yes, I did. It was worth the splurge. It was very cool in IMAX.
2: Awesome. So... Uh, so I think this is a solid entry overall, um, as most of you seem to agree, I guess. Um, so, uh, before we, so I guess now we'll switch into, uh, spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, um, and, uh, don't want it to be spoiled, we are going to talk more about, go into deep and more in depth now. But Ashley, what uh, what is something you wanted to, that resonated with you specifically about the movie?
3: Yeah, well, I really liked um, how the switching of powers was handled, and I felt like that made for some really cool fight scenes when you have Captain Marvel throwing a punch, then suddenly it's Ms. Marvel who uses her light powers, and then it's Captain Rambo. It was so cool to just see them switching up and them jumping to different environments that made the fight super interesting. I feel like that could have easily gotten kind of cluttered and hard to follow, but it wasn't they did it very well and I really liked how that worked um
2: I think you're right I think special effects wise I think it looked really good it was not nearly as confusing as it could have been yeah Um, and I also really appreciated that they gave us a little montage of the three of them working on it so that they could so it wouldn't be as much of an issue I thought that was kind of they had a little fun with that montage um of the three of them kind of working on how they could take advantage of switching their powers around
3: yeah, I really liked all that where, like you said, it started out as an inconvenience, and then it became a cool way for them to trip up the villain like, hey, you don't know which one of us is going to switch and win, and who you're going to be fighting next. And um, a few other things I really liked, uh, seeing Ms. Marvel's family get to be characters. They didn't have a lot of screen time, but I really loved them in the Disney Plus show, and they're such an important part of her character. It was nice to see them and they handled going to space and seeing like Nick Fury with a lot more dignity than I would have. So, good good <laughs> for them. They handled the cosmic and superpowers pretty well. And then again just like the baby flurkins that doesn't necessarily have a tie in to the plot, but I just thought it was delightful and I also loved how obsessed Nick Fury was with them. I mean, even in the midst of this crisis like he sees these little kittens and he is just over the moon delighted and i thought that was adorable and it was good to see nick fury again after um secret invasion was what it was and i think that's enough said about that but i i enjoyed seeing nick fury here and
2: i think uh, i think i think secret invasion is only referenced once in yeah, passing th-
3: i think that is <laughs> that is probably for the best but yeah i i enjoyed it and how it was The story was self-contained and wrapped up. I even enjoyed the musical number. I felt like it just skirted that edge of being too far, but then like it brought it back around. But then again, I am more forgiving of over-the-top Broadway musical numbers. I adored the Star Trek um, Strange New World musical episode. So I'm a little more forgiving of that than perhaps others but yeah i really enjoyed it and overall my real only drawback was the villain being a little bit paper thin but that's not necessarily something we haven't seen before and since the movie was short and not bloated i'm willing to forgive it a little more
2: yeah i just wish they'd given her i mean i think they gave her an excellent rationale for doing what she was doing um obviously she was doing what she did was doing because she had to because her planet was dying and it was captain marvel's fault that her planning was, yeah. was dying um so she was she was using she was going after certain targets of captain marvel's just uh just despite her in addition to getting like air and water and sunlight and everything like that um but i just they, and so they gave her some good ration, rationale for doing that i just wish they kind of established... I mean, it is kind of tricky when you've got someone as powerful as Carol who's taking out starships like nothing. And then, you know, she can't even whoop this, like, one woman. She needs, like, two other people to help her. And they can't even whoop this one girl's butt. It's like...
3: With a staff, like there's there's <laughs> yes. been staffs before in exactly. these movies. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I mean, it just seems kind of like uh, beautifully shot, though. That wonderful yes. shot of the three of them, kind of like jumping on, uh, you know, attacking her and in midair and all that kind of stuff, like really was picturesque. So, so I give them credit for that. But man, they needed to really boost up. I think yeah. the accuser. Uh She's got the hammer, but they really needed to boost up her power set. So. Uh, I mean, because we've seen Captain Marvel go up against Thanos.
3: Right, yeah. It's it, not not quite Thanos
1: level.
2: No, absolutely.
1: Well, they uh, always have the same thing, you know, when you have a Superman.
2: Literally. It's difficult, yeah.
1: It is difficult. How do you do this with a person who can move a planet, you know, type thing? Yep. And that's what you have with Carol, with her powers. Mm-hmm. Everything. You know, she's that strong and she's that powerful. You know, they have to somehow have somebody or something that, Because it was actually the bracelet that was absorbing Carol's powers when she, you know, fired and hit, you know, was hitting.
2: Yeah, that that was a decent excuse for her not be able to, like, really use her powers against her because, you know, it was sort of siphoning powers up, power away from her. So Mm -hmm. that was that was an interesting idea. But still, it was like, man, it's taken three. Like, anytime there's three on one, you're going to have to let me know that that one is like badass. And uh, she just they didn't establish her, I think, well enough to be a badass that uh, that was worthy of that kind of thing. But, um, J.D., what about you? What's something specific about the movie that resonated with you?
4: Well, you know what you you wanted to say the villain's motivations? They weren't. They weren't amazing, but I can make a good case for her Mm -hmm. having better motivations than, say, Shang-Chi's dad did. Or what's his name? The head of the Dark Elves. Honest to God. I love the Dark World as, as an unworthy sequel to Thor as it was. But seriously, that character, nothing. Nothing burger. Um, or and... even the
2: original, like, accuser uh, that was in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, right. him, that that his motivation was pretty weak. I think he was just Thanos's stooge, right?
4: Uh, he yeah. was just, you know what? he. Bitter, because we saw him again in Captain Marvel, and you realize that that he had a purpose, he had a, yeah. he had a mission, and I think after he got foiled by Captain Marvel back in the nineties, and then by the time you see him again in Guardians of the Galaxy, he's not just fallen from grace; <laughs> he's just he's just bitter about it and looking to take it out on everybody. Yeah, um, that's fair, and. He was just a stooge for Thanos, which really shows that from being um, a a respected villain and then to being not, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had more substance than that. And I really liked that we got to see her in the Star Force uniform. Um, even though Captain Marvel was not on that side anymore. But I like mm-hmm. that uniform, and I like the Star Force, so I was glad about that. Um, A lot
2: of nice uniform costume touches and Easter eggs, if you follow the
4: comics, for sure. Oh, they good. they did... I don't know. The costumes were great. I even like the nod to when Monica Rambeau was Captain Marvel back during the Secret Wars? Because yep. when they first get their new outfits on the planet of the Singing Water, there, there's like these, this fabric that, yep. that Monica wings. has on her arm, and she takes them off and throws it in the corner. And I'm like, okay, they even gave a nod to that, which they didn't yeah. need. Part um, of me was
2: kind of like, I wish she got a chance to like use them and real or like work with them for a bit and then realize no, this isn't working and then tear them off because she looks so like cool with them. Um, from that perspective, from a geek that's perspective,
4: probably, that's true. I didn't actually think about that. I just like that they throw them in there as sort yeah. of a
1: uh, no capes. sort
4: of a yeah. Um,
1: but <laughs> little nods.
4: I, I was glad that um, I really like Ms. Marvel's family, like they were. They were stalwart great all the way through the show. And honestly, I saw them in the trailer in fighting in the living room. I was pleasantly surprised that that wasn't it for them. Because um, in the first Spider-Man movie, Aunt May is barely there. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really think that the family was gonna we never most of these characters we never see their families except for Hawkeye. Everybody else's family has just been sort of off to the side. So I was glad that they kept showing up like they weren't just left on Earth with their destroyed house. They got to go up to space. That was cool.
2: Um, I am am in no way saying that Disney Plus should have like tons more Marvel shows or whatever. But if they you know, if they just want to do a short little Christmas special or holiday special or something, uh, Munima and Nick Fury as agents of shield with a bunch of Flerkins would thrill me to no end.
4: Hey, that'd be cool. <laughs> I, I could go for that
2: because I, I just love the mother. I think she's great. I know I've seen some people that I c- complain that the family was annoying. I thought they were fine. And in fact, opposite. I thought I like, I really like Maneva a lot. So I think the actress is doing a great job. Uh, i tried to pronounce her name, but I probably disrespect her. So I'm not going to do that. But, um, uh yeah. I, I like the family being part of it. Um and I thought they were used pretty well too.
4: Um the the Kree soldiers in their house, I like that they were finally taken down by um uh by the dad and the son hitting them with mops and broom <laughs> and holding them down while they tied them up with I don't know, the garden hose or something. Um that was I like they were badass to see him at first, but then when they got taken out like that, I'm like, Yeah, you chumps kinda deserve that. Um so um that
1: poor house I, was so destroyed too. Oh yeah. Oh, well. uh, but at Put least they got that
4: swanky new place down in Louisiana. Um, <laughs> <That's> um <true. laughs> I do have to wonder if the goofy neighbor from Captain Marvel that wanted to give a look see to the strange bird, I wonder if he still lives there. Um Um, I didn't remember that. I I've seen it many many times. Nobody cares about that character except for me. So, um, I but this this movie was just enjoyable. Um, I like seeing um, Ashley. I think you said everybody had a character arc. Everybody expanded their characters. Mm -hmm. Everybody nobody started out in the same place that they that they or nobody nobody ended up in the same place where they started um and i really like there's
1: so much character growth in this it was just amazing
4: there really was and i i don't know what they're planning next but i'm looking forward to seeing where where they go with it i i like that um uh imam vlani's first uh reaction to the flurkin with the tentacles. I'm like, oh yeah, that would have been me. I would have but they they really I like that the joke from the first movie came back as oh it's actually a life saving measure in this. Everybody stop. Let the Flurkins eat you coming over the PA. <laughs> i had to keep laughing at that. I'm like I'm like this is absurd and I love it. It's nuts. The, the
2: the most the, the craziest thing about that and the most uh yeah, i had to suspend my my disbelief there because having dealt with as many cats as i do on a regular basis there's no way in freaking hell they could uh uh round them all up into a pod into a skate pod in that short of time there's just that, no way like herding that, cats is impossible
4: i, I think that <laughs> logic works because they're actually semi-sentient aliens yeah that's not right they're not actually cats, cats right so, Yeah, they're
2: flirting, right so that's the difference between flirting and cats
4: yeah may, maybe maybe the semi-sentient aliens would be more quiet i mean they clearly understood mission they were already foreign <laughs> right. so mm-hmm. absolutely you know because i thought it was funny at first when goose was um in in the house in jersey and ate like the chair and like the throw pillow I'm like what is who's going through a change of life or whatever and then I'm like oh I see yes yes that is what's happening
2: so mm-hmm. um up.
4: but really I just I've always I've always really liked the way uh Brie Larson plays Captain Marvel and she was that in this but with a bigger cast of characters to play off of
1: mm-hmm. and
4: I was kind of impressed that they didn't bring Jude Law back just for like a cameo or something because
1: I'm glad they didn't. Well,
4: no, me too. But I will say this. I never liked the actor until Captain Marvel where he played himself as a villain. (laughs) I'm like, oh, well, this tracks. Um, um, There's even a deleted scene from Captain Marvel where we see him go in to see the Supreme Intelligence and it turns out the being he sees is just himself. And I'm like, Yeah, that tracks too. So Mm
1: -hmm.
4: I was glad that they didn't throw him in just for, because I thought, what if they throw a CGI Jude Law in here just to give, but no, they didn't. And I was glad. I did like seeing the Supreme Intelligence in its actual form straight from the comic books.
2: Oh, Um, Oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely.
4: That was was awesome. And then she blew it up. And I want
2: to, J.D., sorry. I want to stick a pin in something you said a little while ago that I just want to like, get everybody's opinion on because it is kind of divisive i think a little bit but i i personally and i haven't seen her in a lot of other things but i personally think that brie larson is great as carol danvers i think she's fun to watch i think you know even though i love the chemistry between her character and monica and kamala i i love that chemistry that they have and i love this team but don't don't mistake that for the fact that I think that Brie Larson is perfectly capable of, of of leading a movie by herself. And I really, you know, I kind of one of my things about this movie that I kind of wish it was I like I think it was fun, I thought it was solid, but I wish it was more because I wish it was something that established Captain Marvel as the main like badass in the mcu like as the like captain america as figure as the like main figure of i, I know she's not that way in the comics so they've tried it several times etc cetera, etc cetera, but i really think i mean she's she's got the <laughs> she's got the brand name as part of her hero name she's captain marvel and i think brie larson is capable of that kind of and she's got the power set or as a character and i think brie larson is also capable more than capable Of carrying that as as being like a lead character as part of a team or going forward so that you can point to like, oh, the MCU, like she is the MCU's version of Superman, if you will. And I know that that, you know, I know that Brie Larson off screen has, you know, ruffled some feathers and some people like her, some people don't either for her acting or for her other work. Where do you guys stand? Mike, I want to start with you. Where do you guys where do you stand on Brie Larson?
1: Oh, I've been a fan of hers for years. From I think one of the first times I saw her was either, I think it was Scott Pilgrim, was one of the first
2: Mm, things. Oh, yeah. Everybody's in that.
1: Yeah. But but also, she's she's my first time
2: seeing a lot of people.
1: (laughs) But she was also on uh, Kong Skull Island. She was also in uh, Community, the TV show. She was also, she's also now on this show called Lessons in Chemistry. On, Apple, on Apple,
4: oh, she was on Community. I forgot. And,
1: and so it's pretty. She's had a great, great career, and there's so many other things that I haven't seen her in. On top of what these things, um and she's always played great characters. She's a very solid actress, but she's One very Oscar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And she's, you know, she's very outspoken about, you know political issues and, everything yeah exactly and that's totally <laughs> and that's totally fine you know if you know if it, if it was a guy saying what she said the guys would be slapping her on the back and everything oh way to go and everything but because she's a woman oh she's a feminist she's woke she's you know blah 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 and i hate
4: how right you are about that god i hate how right you are about that
1: i know and that's the sucky thing about it and she's a lot of she's a lot of things but. You know what? She's a great actress, and I have no reason to dislike her. I have no reason to, you know, I like everything she does. She seems like a pretty decent person. So, you know, overall, thumbs up with her for me.
2: Yeah, Ashley. What about you? What do you? How do you feel about Brie Larson, Carol Danvers as a like as an actress and a, uh, and and as a as Carol Danvers as a character, like being like a major part of going forward the MCU?
3: Yeah, Um I. As I mentioned earlier, I think in the non-spoiler section, I do like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I think she brings a nice sense of sort of that Top Gun fighter pilot swagger. She, but she's not like, oh, this is just the new version of Tony Stark. Like, she's her own character. I think it's good to have that sort of like snarky, overly confident character in these type of lineups, but she's she's her own thing. She's a unique character, and I think there's a lot to bring. The case could have been made. I know that they wanted Infinity War and Endgame to be kind of the swan song of the classic characters like Black Widow, Iron Man, and so on. But maybe it would have been nice if they could do a little bit more to really bring in and uh, emphasize Captain Marvel as a character and that she could have been more of an anchor for this current phase, which for better or for worse has had some more like mixed responses and maybe is meandering a little bit now, maybe they still do have a overall plan that will come together. But I think maybe there was a, <laughs> a little bit of a missed opportunity to maybe put this character a little more front and center because you think of how far we are into the post in game phases, and this is the Captain Marvel sequel. It is kind of interesting that we didn't get this sooner. So, yeah, I think they. They could have done a little bit more with the character, and it's uh, not not Brie Larson's fault.
2: Well, speaking of going forward with the MCU, we have two count kind of them two after credit sequences in this movie. Oh, uh, we
4: sure do! Oh, wow! <laughs> and uh,
2: and speechless. both of them, both of them, I think, are pretty exciting. One for uh reasons, of course. Uh, you know, it's another uh one of Kevin Feige's ex-mentees and another one that looks like we're seeing the beginnings of a new Avengers team, which I, to be honest with you, I think that one excited me more than the other one, uh with the one with Beast. But uh JD looked like you're chomping at the bit to talk about the after credit scenes. So I, go man,
4: go. I I'll say this. I, I didn't read any spoilers about this at all. So I was pretty happy when a few MCU characters pop up, like when King Valkyrie showed up to take the scrolls oh, yeah. to Asgard I was like oh that's cool I didn't expect her and and then when Kate Bishop shows up she, you know she comes through the door there's somebody waiting in the shadows for her and she's like because the last time that happened you had <laughs> was... Yelena Buleva <laughs> oh you know, right uh, yes. making macaroni and <laughs> veiled threats um, mm-hmm. about things so but I didn't expect her to be in this, and I liked that she was. That was really cool. And in that particular scene, um, some of the dialogue that Ms. Marvel says echoes the dialogue that Nick Fury had in the in, in the post credits for Iron Man. Yeah. yeah, so that was pretty cool. But then when when Ma, you know, I just. I think they're setting up the Young Avengers which they've sort of they've sort of signposted a little bit here and there mm-hmm. like yeah. um Isaiah Bradley We've seen a lot
2: of the characters already introduced separately. Yeah, oh, yeah. I
4: mean, uh, but uh, we don't know about the the status of uh Wanda's kids because apparently they're fake, but <laughs> right. they were but they were definitely Young Avengers characters. So I have mm-hmm. to they're going to bring them back at some point. Even if it's from another multiverse where they weren't fake, maybe, maybe there's a real version of them somewhere that they're going to bring in for. I think the only one that they haven't introduced is Hulkling, but really, I think maybe Scar.
2: No, they did introduce, maybe, um, didn't they introduce Hulkling, uh, at least as a character, the person, uh, the, the, the person in uh, She-Hulk?
4: I think I'm that distorted. was Scar. Yes. I think yeah, they, they was... referenced
2: him. I think they referenced him that that uh he's got um he's got a son or something right or he's got Yeah,
4: but I think that's that's his uh that's his son that was born on that the war the gladiator right. planet and I think maybe they're going to sub in uh Scar who's a he's a different character but mm-hmm. I like what they're doing so that's really cool that we got a tease for that particular um that particular I, I I guess I just wasn't expecting it. So it was cool. Mm-hmm. But when Monica I, Rambeau wakes up in that <laughs> other reality and mm-hmm. she's just in a hospital, I said, oh, well, I thought, um, I thought, well, that's kind of because the last time we saw her wake up in a hospital, it was traumatic. Well, this time it was. The same trauma for different reasons because <laughs> now she sees the actress who plays her mother again. But this time when this is the second time we got to see her, I forgot to mention I loved that in Doctor Strange she got to play Captain Marvel in the Illuminati in that other mm-hmm.
1: universe.
4: So Very good. But,
1: but it was it was awesome though, because she was uh binary in this one. Yeah, and I didn't
2: I didn't know who binary was. Binary uh, she's, is, she's a, a, one is one a, of the
1: I,
4: many aliases yeah. that Captain Marvel or right, that, right. that
2: Carol, Carol Danvers yeah. has
4: had over the years. Yeah, they had um, a lot
2: of fun playing with a lot of their name changes. Because the, the comic version of C- Captain Marvel, Monica, Carol, is really convoluted. Even Kamala now, really convoluted now with the comics. So, So, yeah, name changes. They were going through a lot of Easter eggs there um and as we mentioned costume references as well and then yeah we get binary in the
1: binary uh, in
4: costume is very accurate to the comic so that's pretty very cool. much a, she just um,
1: needs to literally almost like flame on and then she <laughs> really yeah <literally, I> <laughs> <if, laughs> her hair catches
4: on fire she's gonna be binary mm-hmm, Um yeah. exactly when, so, when so, she, you know, then we get to see her, and then there's a voice that I'm like, that sounds vaguely familiar. And then we see the the blue fur, and I'm like, I'm and like, on, oh.
1: And my on, God. on top of it, it was uh, Kelsey Grammer's beast, not was, um, the one from the first first year or whatever, first class.
4: Yeah. Right. Well, we, and, uh, yeah, because he, yeah. yeah, he was
2: in the Last Stand, uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah, in and Days of Future stand. Past.
4: And then, yeah, he came back in in future past where they reset the timeline a little bit. So, I, if Kate Bishop was a surprise and King Valkyrie was a surprise, <laughs> I was actually speechless after <laughs> Hank McCoy was there. Like, as, as soon as the actual credits rolled, which, by the way, I sat through all the way just to make sure there was nothing at the end. There was, but it was just flirting noises over the Marvel logo. Yeah, I heard that um, too, yeah. But I, but I just sat there stunned. My kid was next to me on the first <laughs> wing, and the kid's like, "Who was that?" I'm like, "I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> we'll, well, when we go home, we'll turn on Disney Plus. We'll so we started watching the animated X Men series." Um, Ashley,
2: Ashley, I have to ask you: Were you kind of lost at some of that stuff? Because some of, the, I mean, I didn't know who Binary was, so I was lost at that sort of reference. But I mean, I was, I went with. Uh, our good friend Bobby Nash, who was more than happy to explain everything during lunch about about the binaries' history and everything like that. But, but what about you? What did you? How did you feel about the after credit sequences as well? Particularly the one with uh, with Kate Bishop.
3: Yeah. So weirdly, I I don't know what the general fan consensus was, but I was actually more excited to see Kate Bishop and, than Beast. No offense intended to Beast, but I just really loved uh, Kate Bishop in the hawkeye tv series and i was so excited and i'm really hyped for uh young avengers team up especially with ms marvel sort of fulfilling that new nick fury role like i'm so excited about this i'm putting a team together so i definitely want to see them again I'm really curious to see what happens with X-Men. I was not familiar with Binary as a character, but I figured it was part of the X-Men as soon as I saw Beast. I feel like generally I liked a lot of the X-Men content that we've gotten in the past. Some of it's been, you know, there's been high points and low points, but I've liked all the character portrayals and things like that. So it kind of makes me in that old like fan nervousness, like, oh, seeing somebody else playing different versions and different stories of these characters. But I would really like to see them bring in like characters we haven't seen done as much like binary things like that like show us some different corners of the x-men universe because i'm sure that there's still plenty of great stuff in the comics to explore so i guess that would be my main concern i don't want them to just do a retread of what we've already seen i want to see and explore more
2: yeah yeah um uh i, I agree and i i'm i'm at this point even though I was like, oh, Kelsey Graham is beast, that's cool again. But it seems like Kevin Feige and company MCU has like been trolling us for X-Men stuff like for like years now. Like here's what beast. Guess what? And the X Men are coming and then everybody gets excited and then it doesn't it turns out to be nothing. So this actually looks like it means something because Monica's over there in yeah. that universe so that does look like maybe that's going to lead to something because otherwise we'll never see Monica again which would suck
4: yes uh, yeah well, I don't think she's going gun. anywhere I mean I know she went into another universe yeah we like know we know, we know yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah. I don't think okay. she's going anywhere <laughs> right. I
1: mean, but would it be kind of cool though if this, if this if the X-Men, X-Men universe actually tied into Deadpool 3
4: I and mean it's going to, cause Wolverine yes. is a major yeah. character in that movie
1: Oh, I know, because um, yeah, but it's supposed to be when the X Men do come into the MCU, it's going to be the MCU universe X Men. It's not going to be mm-hmm. them coming in from another universe. Yeah.
2: Well, we don't know. I, we don't know honestly, anything. And I, I don't even think they know anything. I don't there's so they, many I think,
3: universes, timelines. <laughs> right. Anything is possible at the Anything timeline. that they're they've
2: established don't... before, I think, is like they're rewriting things because they're they're kind of like shooting from the hip now because and changing things because i don't think the plans that they had that kevin feige has had for the last few years is going according to plan Mm
1: -hmm. so i do
2: think that things are going to be you know it'll be really interesting to see what the problem also
1: is though is what's going to happen with the king situation because of Jonathan majors Mm -hmm. exactly. exactly so that's a whole different story that's a mm-hmm. whole different story, we'll and that's a whole different that, series because
2: we we saw that on Loki with that finale that aired this past week as well. So, but that's going
1: to be part of the bonus stuff. So,
2: okay. Keep watching. Well, um, yeah. Well, um, we'll just end this uh, real quick. I'll point to you first, JD. Uh, what do you want to see going forward with the Marvels? in the mcu Um, what what's next because right now things are kind of up in the air we have a couple things that we know or we think are coming but right now it's a lot of things are up in the air so what do you want to see based on this movie next
4: i they teased shang chi and aquafina possibly being avengers at the end of that movie with um mark ruffalo and uh Brie Larson there, uh, sort of sort of bringing him in and talking about those, the Ten Rings being like ancient cosmic magic. Um, so I think we're going to see more of that, but I really do think there's a lot of, holy crap, we have to make a lot of decisions here. So I don't know what they're planning, but I have no doubts that what they've done already will continue to be fun. We're going to see these characters again and I can't wait to see what they do with it. I I they're going to figure it out. I have complete faith that Marvel will figure it out. <laughs> and they, man, I'm going to go see I'm going to continue to see all the movies they put out and I'm going to continue to enjoy it, but I particularly hope that they continue to ignore the haters and the outcries and and the and and the squeaky wheels on the internet and just keep using these characters. One of the things that that I've been impressed by is that no matter how much noise uh, these detractors say, they're, they're not affecting anything that's going on on the screen because there was so much crap after Captain Marvel came out, before Endgame came out that I thought, my God, if they don't, if this, if this kind of press, which is clearly coming from a, a weird place psychologically, I don't, as long as they continue to ignore that crap and just go with what they're planning to do and what they want to do, I think we've got years more fun coming out of these characters. And really, the girl that plays Ms. Marvel, I think she's got star material. She is great.
2: Is, um, and and so. the fact that she's going to be, it's seemingly established as a main part of whatever's happening going forward with a new Avengers, a young Avengers, whatever they're going to call them, a uh, team going forward is is a good thing, really good
4: thing. Awesome. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with it. Ashley, uh, of
2: course, you just wrote the article. You came up with the article that said the MCU is hitting a rough patch and why that's not a reason to panic. And now that you've seen uh, the Marvels, uh, do you feel a lot more hopeful about uh, about the state of the MCU going forward?
3: I do, actually. Um, and again, sometimes it's just a personal thing. The last couple of movies just hadn't really hit the mark for me. But this was a good reminder that, you know what, not everything necessarily has to speak to every fan. And it's OK to have these discussions to break down. Why did this work for me? Why didn't this work for me? This really did work for me, and Kevin Feige, just in case you're listening, it would make me so happy to have a (laughs) new Avengers lineup, including Shang-Chi, Ms. Marvel, and Kate Bishop specifically. You can fill out the other roles with whoever you want, but I would just like to put in there that I would like to see those three on screen together, please. (laughs) I
4: echo this.
2: uh, Um, I'm okay with that as well. Mike, what about you? What, uh, What do you want to see going forward?
1: Well, I want to see them continue with the same characters and the same actors. I don't think they need to change course with that. You know, I've been surfing the web during the day today and seeing how many little girls are going to see this movie because they're great role models. And that alone is what Marvel has to look at and go, you know what, These it's the same thing as Barbie was. These are great role models and that's what women need today. Little, little girls need superheroes to look up to. That's why they had Wonder Woman. That's why Captain Marvel and now Ms. Marvel and Photon. These are great, strong female characters that are very positive. They're not like the dark role models or something. And you know, where the, you know, they go off and shoot people and stuff. No, they, they show. Good things. And that's what they want. And that's what they should do. I think Marvel is, yeah, hitting a slump. Maybe they need to look at a couple little things and tweak here and there. But I think we have a lot of fun ahead of us still. And that's what we are going to be looking forward to. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Not all comics are going to, you know, when I read them, were million sellers, but they were great stories and that's what you want for comics and that's what you want for a comic book movie can can yeah, i say
4: yeah. one other thing that i forgot okay quickly i I've, I've never i've never thought about the rough patch thing with marvel everybody has eh, a few every franchise has a few things that are eh. the i like the eternals movie but it's not a great marvel movie it's the one thing they haven't referenced it anywhere else nothing from it has come up I thought this movie, The Cosmic Level, if if anything was going to reference anything from that movie, like The Hand Coming Out of the Ocean, that it would be this one. Not a peep. I don't know what they're going to do with The Eternals, but Who knows? If there's a low point, I think that was it. Again, I like it, but it ain't great. I've never rewatched it. But (laughs) I wonder if that's one that they're rethinking too, because I think some of the questionable phase four stuff people were reacting to in the first place kind of started with that. And it's had no consequences since. Nothing.
2: Yeah, there's been yeah, there's been a lot of like there's there's been huge articles, podcasts, everything on on you know what's wrong with the mcu and et cetera et cetera so that's way too much for us to go into especially whether we agree or not but i will i think we can all agree that the marvels gives us a lot of hope going forward and and for the present right now there's a great mcu movie out right now so so go see it go see it in the theater um and i'll even broaden what mike said it's not just a role, great role model for girls or people of color. It's a great these these characters are great role models for anybody. It's this is not a this is not a movie that's like for women. It's not a movie that's like specifically targeted for people of color, women of color. I think it's it hits it, it it's a movie for everybody that everybody can enjoy. I certainly enjoyed it. Um and you guys have enjoyed it as well that are on the podcast. So uh go out and see it, support this movie um, and let marvel know let the m c u let Disney people know that this we want more of this please yes please and um, and unfortunately, we don't have any more of this except for we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna close out the show.
0: Welcome to a Geek Girls Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this Geek Girl is talking about Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4. Star Trek Lower Decks is one of the Star Trek shows that hasn't taken itself too seriously while having some of the best Star Trek writing out there, and some of the funniest storylines and a group of ragtag Starfleet officers that have really grown on anyone that has watched this show over four seasons. We see our normal group of Lower Decks officers as they get into more trouble and also get promoted this season. We also see Mariner as she struggles to deal with her new promotion and all the trouble she gets herself in while dealing with those emotions and acting on them. The stories this season were amazing. They really made you feel for all the characters and really pushed the story narrative of this crew to even larger levels. I am so happy we are getting a season five because with some of the stories that were left unfinished this season, I need to know what will happen next to these characters. I also love how we get throwback characters like Badgie that we thought we'd never see again in episodes. Thanks for listening to a Geek Girls Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out.
4: I love that Star Trek does what adventure programs do. It's fun characters going on adventures, wearing colorful outfits, but it tries to be more than that. It tries to say something more about humanity and tries to encourage us to be better people.
1: I love that it gives a really positive and really hopeful view of the future.
2: I like that you never know what you get with Trek, from Captain Pike to Picard to Captain Proton.
4: I like the Ferengi.
0: (laughs) Earth Station Trek, a show where we talk about Star Trek from the early days on
4: NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between.
1: so that's going to wrap up another episode of the air station one podcast. We want to thank our guests for being here tonight. Ashley Pauls. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you. And it's so nice to be back. I'd really missed, um, talking with the crew. So it's you all are my favorite people to talk about movies with.
1: Oh yeah. And I think what we have you down next, I think for Wonka. Hopefully. Yes. We'll okay. I'm,
3: I'm very excited for that one. I think it looks another like a lot of fun Wonka coming out. I didn't.
1: Know yes, there, there is. Anything you want to shout out about?
3: Yes. Um, I stumbled into the TV show Bodies on Netflix and have been really Mm. enjoying it. It's been really fascinating. It hits kind of that magic in between with like time travel. It's a period drama. It's also futuristic sci-fi. I'm about halfway through it now. And just... um, Completely entranced by it. I know I still need to catch up on Ahsoka and Loki, but I saw the preview for Bodies and I thought I've got to know what that's I've about. Never what's heard
4: of it. Now
1: I'm oh, It's really
3: good. Awesome.
1: We watched it's... the first episode last night and we're hooked already. And it's based off of a graphic novel done by Vertigo, so it's definitely worth checking out.
3: Yeah, it's it's great. It's a murder mystery, sci-fi. It's a whole bunch of genres, but it's really great. And I don't want to say anything more than that because it's it's fun to discover. So highly Spoilers. recommend.
1: Spoilers, no, 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 don't 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 ruin it. But thank you very very much. We do appreciate you.
3: Thanks, always a pleasure.
1: Thank you, my friend, for being here tonight.
4: It's cool to be out of the airlock for a little bit. That's awesome. Um, oh yeah. I yeah. Uh, the the air is so fresh on the station. Not that it's not a little bit fresh out in the airlock, but you know, Bobby and I sometimes wish that you could put like the like the vent clips for the cars. Oh, just a little bit in the airlock, man. Just not a lavender scent, so that's bullshit.
1: But, no, it's gonna um, be French vanilla. Don't worry, we um, have What's your holiday gift this year?
4: Um it, it Ooh, can you make can you make the airlock smell like a coffee shop? I don't drink coffee, but I'd like to smell of it.
1: So, okay anything you want to shout out about or uh,
4: honestly i just want to say thanks for letting me you know be on the show because i know back in the summertime i for sometime i emailed them like hey is it too early to call my guest but for the for the marvels episode so i i'm just i don't know it's just cool to talk with you all about this so well, it's uh, cool to have you, you
1: sir it's always good to have you so now, get back in the airlock, sir.
4: Yeah, exactly. Here I go. All right, everybody. Peace we'll out. See you next year.
1: See you next year. Big <laughs> in 2024. Yeah.
2: When, I, when is the next Marvel movie out? In two years? All right, we'll see you then. See you then.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. And I didn't say that one. It was him. It was him. So there you go. Yeah,
4: hey, it's all. And, mis- not- oh.
1: and Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend
2: we did and as always it's my pleasure
1: anything you want to shout out about sir
2: i do uh i'm in another book uh the Boo-hoo. uh polynesian pulp the tiki art of robert jimenez uh just uh, was released uh, on amazon it's available on amazon uh through their store too um this is part of i think i mentioned it before but it was part of a uh kickstarter that robert did with uh, collecting all of his tiki art that he's done over the years, uh, the many years. And uh, he had a trading card set, and uh, he published his companion book to go with it as well. And it's got a lot of the same art that's uh, available on the, tiki- on the trading card set. Um, and uh, anyway, the book came out fantastic. Uh, I have the honor of uh, writing an introduction to the book. So uh, I, I'm in there as well. There's um, some tiki zombie art that he's done for me in the past, uh, uh, in, in included in the book as well. So we'll have a link to in our show notes so you can go check it out. But yeah, it's available both in paperback and hardcover. Uh, and I can't speak highly enough this enough. Uh, it's a really, it's a really awesome book. Just in time for the holidays.
1: Woohoo! So you can buy two books now for the holidays. Two that Mr. Mike is involved with. It's very awesome, sir. Absolutely. Very, very awesome, and I actually ordered the Star Trek book, so can't oh. wait to read it. So it'll be very interesting to see. All right, I have a twofer tonight. Uh, first one, uh, one of my favorite TV shows is back. I was very excited that Friday was the premiere of the season for for all mankind. That's right, folks. The Apple Plus series is back for its fourth season, and this time they are have colonized Mars and a lot of stuff is going on they actually need miners and workers out there so the blue collars are starting to come to out into space and it's real interesting the alternate history universe is fascinating for me because it's you know so much has changed um compared to when the show started and back with it, it being in 1969 in the space race and it was it's been Awesome to see, and the they show watch. is very, very well acted, and it's very, it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's interesting, and I have no idea where they're going to go with this this <laughs> year, so I'm be very curious to see, you know, because they're mining asteroids, and it's some really cool stuff happening and everything, so definitely check it out, Apple Plus, and I'm not going to spoil anything that happened in the first episode, so, mum. and Second one is Mr. Gordon and I actually went to a concert together. And we did. It,
2: well, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah kind we of. Yeah, did. We didn't sit together, but we no, went to the concert we don't, together. We
2: don't, we don't like each other that
1: much. Everybody. No, 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 no. We don't buy those tickets together, you know. <laughs> or but it was awesome. We got to see Nick Lowe and Lost Straight Jackets. It was oh, awesome to go see. And, you know, it's pretty cool getting to go see Lost Straight Jackets. And they're up there in their wrestling masks. It was just awesome. And Nick Lowe is, you know, a true classic. He's rockabilly. He's been around since the mid-70s when he was in a band called Rock Pile. But he's very well known for his own stuff and his solo material. And he's just been great. So it's pretty, pretty darn awesome to be able to, you know, go see music and hang out and enjoy it. I posted some uh, videos of it of up on my Facebook, and I'm also going to be putting it up on our new YouTube channel that Judy and I have, have started. We've started uh, Wandering with Mike and Judy, and so oh, it's cool. pretty cool. So we're putting, like, different videos that we've taken at concerts and stuff up there, and we're also going to do road trips and stuff like that, you know, just whatever we feel like putting. It's going to be pretty fun. We'll also have a link up to that up on our Facebook group, and we'll also put it up on our notes. So it's pretty cool with that. All right. That is going to be wrapping it up since it seems like everyone's bringing their cats out to play now. <laughs> and so it's a pretty cool thing. You know, remember, it's going to have hashtag. No, no, no. Video. They're flerging. They're flerging video tonight.
2: Yes. Thanks for flirting. listening
1: to the Air Station One podcast. Also, Always remember, we couldn't do this without you. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our Tee Public store. And get some really cool ESO Network swag. Also, we wanted to say thanks to our, all our patrons who you you guys do keep us going up here on the network. For as little as a dollar a month, you also can help support us here at our Station One. Check us at patreon.com slash ESO Network. We want to hear from you, so please write us anytime at feedback at one.com. Remember, you could also find our Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now our station one could be also found in video format up on YouTube. And as a little bonus for our YouTube folks, we have a bonus section. That's right. And it's only available up on our YouTube channel at no extra cost. As always, if you made it this far into the episode, why not subscribe? Give us a thumbs up. Give us five stars, whatever you feel like giving us. We would appreciate it. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. Ashley Pauls, and JD. Get back in the airlock, dude. Come on. You're slacking already. Thanks. We appreciate you. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Peace. And we are done. We appreciate you guys. And if we don't see, talk to you soon, happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to the Air Station One Podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done.
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO
3: Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public store